Hello. And my I'd like to propose a toast. Welcome to Wines and Dolls, a podcast where Chelsea and Emily wine and talk about musicals. Welcome. Wine is a devil on tundra. Hi. Hi. How are you? Doing well. Can you hear me okay? Michael, you're one of those humans that you just kind of spark joy. You came on, I'm like, it's Michael. That's the sweetest thing I've ever heard. Aww. I'm going to need that written down. That's going on my website. I'll sign it. I'll sign it. You're one of those people who just sparks joy. Wines and dolls. <laughs> but yeah, put my name, attach my name to that. That is 100% true. It's true though. Like so. the sweetest thing I've ever heard in my life. Oh, no. It's like very kind. So you're not going to throw me out? Like what's her face? Like Marie Kondo? We're not going to Marie not gonna Kondo you. Thank no. You. Oh, no. That's, that's the best review I've ever received you in my really, life. You spark joy. Also, like we're talking about alcohol, like it's 1210. Is it too early to start drinking? Absolutely not. I've never. Oh, man, you're oh, you already got your got my white claw and everything. I didn't realize you got your seltzer. I'm over here with my like. Well, I thought, should I go hard or should I get the seltzer? I mean, get the what seltzer. if we do both? Hard seltzer. 4K no lows dose. That's what you did. It <laughs> that, was <laughs> <laughs> that was Spanish. That was Spanish. I used to be really good at Spanish and then I lost it all. Oh, I don't know Spanish. That was just, that's, that's just a, like that's the a, only phrase I know. Why not both? That's a <laughs> taco commercial. Yeah, ready. Yay. Yay. Welcome to Wines and Dolls. We have with us the great Michael Kushner. Yay. The voice, the voice of God. Yes. So Michael Kushner, he is with Michael Kushner Photography, and he is a voice you will hear on Dear Multi-Hyphenate, My Broadway Memory, and he is the mastermind behind the Dressing Room Project on Instagram. Only mostly a big deal. The mastermind. Thank you. That's very Mm -hmm. sweet. It's so Mm -hmm. crazy. Everything's crazy, but... It's like, it's funny to hear like things be read back to you. You're like, yeah, I do do that, I guess. You are such a guru with the multi-hyphenates. Oh, thank you. We love you. We, lo- we love a Michael Kushner. Thank you. Love you guys a lot. I think you're awesome. And I'm so glad that you came into my life through uh, multi-hype, which is, you know, the class that I was, te- I, I am teaching with Ashley Kate Adams and Kimberly Fager and Greenberg. You guys are awesome. You both brought so much amazing work to the table. And I'm so glad that you are actively doing what you talked about with us. And we, you know, we're able to give you plans to make that happen. So mm-hmm. it's very exciting. And I'm so glad that you're doing it because you're amazing people. Thank you. Stop it. Uh, we're not drunk enough yet. We're not calling each other bitches yet. Speaking of drunk. Yeah. Hey, Ooh. Michael. Good hey. to see you. What are you drinking? Vodka rocks, baby. Hey. Yes. She hey, loves Chell. vodka rocks. He loves a good vodka rocks. <laughs> hey, Emily. Hey, Chelsea. What are you drinking? I am still on my tea sip from the listener sode, but I have added, since added, bathtub gin to it. Yay. Yay. Yes. <laughs> it's afternoon. No, it's afternoon. Nope, New it's York 1130. <laughs> it's afternoon New York time. And I'm going to pretend like I'm on New York time right now. So it's fine. Oh, hey, Chelsea. Hey, Emily. What are you drinking? I'm drinking a black cherry. 
White Claw. You basic bitch. I'm a, I'm a basic bitch. I am. Own it, honey. I'm Basically. gonna. Hey, Chelsea. Hey, Emily. What are you whining about? I'm gonna have a sparkling wine. I'm gonna have a hard seltzer wine here. We have interns, and I'm still, I'm just so excited that we have freaking interns. Graham and Zach, we love you so much. That's my, that's my, my sparkling wine. Zach from Multi Height. Yes, I'm obsessed yes. with that. I would like, that's what's really exciting about the class is not only just like seeing you guys like act on your like passions and your ideas, but it's creating a community. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really cool. I think it's really awesome that you guys like continue to like work with each other. Just love that. So I love- Michael, what are you whining about today? What am I whining about? I'm, I guess I'm whining about how I, I think I'm whining about America. I think that's what it is. I really, I really do. I really do think I'm whining about that. I'm in an alcoholic depression in regards to watching people leave the industry and leave New York city. That's Mm -hmm. been really sad to like watch friends, people I associate with New York city, just go, I'll be back. Yeah. It's like been like, Oh God, it's been, that's been really, that's, that's been hurting. You have to be kind to yourself. I mean, like you have to do what you want. You know, I had COVID in March and um, six months later, I'm still healing. So the virus is rough. And, you know, I put on about 25 pounds and like, I'm very body positive. I love my body. I love how it looks. I love what it does, but I have to put, I have to go on a diet and I have to exercise because healing is important right now. And just that whole cocktail of like eating dominoes three or four times a week and like enjoying yourself because like, Hey, you're surviving a pandemic and you're allowed to do whatever you want. Like if it brings you a little bit of happiness like that mentality is good, but you also have to be kind to yourself given the circumstances. So like yesterday, one of my first with my best friend, Max Crumb, um, we went on a bike ride, about an hour and a half long bike ride because I just got a bike and I really don't know how to use it. And he really <laughs> likes to ride bikes. So we just kind of went to like 125th and back and did some incline and did some, you know, just figuring out how to do it. And like, I'm sitting right now because I can't stand, but you know, I like quads. I'm on day five of a diet and like started to implement, but like, that's the thing is like my breathing was pretty okay yesterday. Good. Good. And like, so that's a huge win and it's very exciting. And it's like, my body is working again. And like, that's very exciting. But if I can like, my 89-year-old grandma got COVID and she was in a month-long stay at Long Island Jewish and North Shore. And mm-hmm. she's back home, <gasps> oxygen-free, living her life the way that she was before. Yes. Yeah, she's my fucking hero. I'm obsessed with her. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, I'm so glad to hear that. Yeah. I'm I'm glad you you made that into a, a positive wine. Thank you. I because ugh, I know it's hard, and I I'm so glad you I'm so glad you and your grandmother are okay. Thank you. Yikes! Ugh. 
think Emily, positivity is always a huge. Oh yeah. It's very important. I know that we can really go into the negative, but it's easy to, we yeah. really do get back to this, what we put out into the universe. We really right. do. So mm, even if we are sharing our, um, our uh, surus, which is Yiddish for troubles, even if we are sharing that, it has to, we have to be at least acknowledged that we're thankful for at least being in that situation of like, I am happy I have this work. Now let's make it better. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sorry, I did yes. not interrupt. I know that you were about to call mm-hmm. on Emily. No, I love that you have a story for everything. I'm so I'm here for it. I love I also it. love That's that you always have like a Yiddish word. A Yiddish word and a story. story. Uh, I do have a I do have a story for as I go into another story. I just love you. I was gonna say that. I do have a story for everything. You're the best. I love you. I used to call those my five dollar stories because I'd always end them with like, and then I found five dollars. Yeah. Found- <laughs> or honey, they should be paying you five dollars for those stories. You know what? Amen. I'm gonna you start implementing that. If you would like to pay us five dollars for our stories, please contact us at winesanddolls at gmail.com. Or Patreon. Yes, <laughs> our Patreon. Go, go go be on our Patreon. Michael, do you want to ask Emily what she's whining about? Um, Emily. Yeah, Michael. What are you whining about? What am I whining about, Michael? I, I, have a, I have a sparkling wine, a cheers, if you will. Cheers. That I haven't gotten to see uh, Michael in so long, so I'm so glad that you oh. are here with us. Because oh. like I said before, you spark cheers. joy. That's very, thank you. A spark, you sparkling joy. Sparkling, sparkling joy. joy. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, so cool. clink, friends. Clink. We've had a little bit of a chat, but we do want, uh, welcome to our podcast. What would you say to me if I was in an elevator? What's your elevator pitch? Yes. Hi, I'm Michael Kushner. I'm an artist who provides non-quotidian artistry that benefits the world around me. Or now my new one would be, hey, I'm the artist that survived, quote, uh, that survived a pandemic and quarantine by relying on non-quotidian artistry and interpersonality. The new one. Yeah. That's awesome. The why statement that I talk about all the time, as inspired by my professor, Cynthia Henderson at Ithaca College, the why statement changes. Mm -hmm. Why you do something changes all the time. It changes based on influence and it changes based on society. It changes based on where you're living. It It changes a million times. So you know, before COVID, I have to get used to saying my new one because I'm so used to saying, yeah, I produce non-quotidian artists through the benefits of the world around me. But now that I survived quarantine and COVID, like I'm still able to like work on projects and garner an income during quarantine. I think that's a huge testament to the work that I do. Yeah. Like, you know, and like, I think that belongs in my why statement. So would I ever say something like that in an elevator? It's like, it's designed for you to think that way, right? The elevator pitch or the why statement. If Sondheim was in the elevator with me, I would probably rely on my normal shtick that I do. You know what I mean? For someone to like enjoy me or like me or understand that I'm educated and non-threatening. But then eventually, if he was to be like, what do you do? that's when I would use that sentence because that's when that garners conversation. Mm-hmm. But if it was like, I walk into like floor 16 of Ripley Greer, I press lobby and I'm like, 
Mr. Sondheim, I am the artist that survived. You know, it's, it's not, it's not for that because you still need organic conversation. Absolutely. You know, but that's, that answers the question of like, when someone goes, Michael, who are you as an artist? What do you do? Bam. That's the sentence that you use. Elevator pitches with Michael Kushner. Honey, How buy, buy Dear Multi-Hyphen the book coming out soon. I don't know when, but it's coming out soon. Yes, you're writing yes. books. Oh, gosh, our little bookies over here. I can't wait. Like, we're going to have to I can't do like, wait. a Wines and Doll book tour for y'all. <laughs> like, yeah. Come, come yeah. and talk for Ashley, Kate, and for you. The 75... Oh, my God. 70... Thanks, Vodka. The 75 <laughs> proposal was turned in, and I have received good feedback I'm going to be receiving notes soon. So hopefully that just means, you know, next steps. Knock on wood. We'll see. Yes. I'm really proud of what I, what I wrote. And that's part of being a multi. That's part of being an artist is just being proud of what you produce, like no matter what. So. Aww. Which actually leads us into our first question for you. First <laughs> after we, I know the first question, right? <laughs> We've had great conversation. This has been I super know. organic. I love it. I am curious. What inspired you to get into the industry in the first place? You're looking at her, Mary Poppins. Mary Poppins. Hey. So um, when I was little, I was taught stage right from stage left. My grandma was community. My grandma Penny was a community theater actress in Douglaston, New York, and the JCC did productions like Forever Fanny. I was taught stage right from stage left in front of the VHS playing. And I just always loved Mary Poppins. And then in the newspaper, there was a local children's theater um, that was doing Mary Poppins. And my grandma saw it and was like, do you want to do this? And I said, yes. And I was cast as Michael Banks. And I have been associated with the theater Ever since June, I guess, I think the I think the night of the theater was June 30th. The ticket is on my dresser and I kiss it before bed every night as a thank you. Aww. The ticket to Mary Poppins, but June 30th, I think 2000. So it's 20 years in the industry. Wow. That's so sweet. That's really yeah. sweet. It's 20 years in the industry and I was, and then I became a working child actor was in Final Callbacks for 13 on Broadway. 13. Yeah, flew up to New York for that. And like, just sort of was in the Loman family picnic with Rachel B. Jones. She played my Aunt Marcia when I was 14 years old. And yeah, just really got obsessed with the industry. I did Rocky Horror when I was 13. I did the Scarlet Pimpernel when I was 14. I did, I did shows that was like, you shouldn't be doing this until you're... You shouldn't be even knowing what this is until you're, you know, 18. But I'm so glad that even as a young guy, I was trusted with things like that. And then I also like normalized things that people can't normalize to this day, like like sex and expression and things like that should be normalized. Like, thank God I had that exposure because I don't know who I'd be without it. I'll never forget walking into the theater for the first time and seeing my set and seeing the backdrop of like the London street and like the light, like seeing the light on the theater and being like, Oh my God, I, that's where I, and then getting our head mics, like our Britney Spears head mics and having the, your group. Cause it was like, it was like, 
a lot of kids, you know, 200, 300 kids in the camp and they were divided up by age group and by, by color. And like my group, if you didn't get cast as a lead, you had to learn two of the numbers. Right. And, um, like being a lead backstage and like watching your age group walk by and like seeing you in costume and then being like, you look so good. And like, Oh my God, stop. Thank you so much. Like, you know, like just like really understanding like traditions of theater, you know what I mean? Like overnight and just getting so hooked. It's amazing. Oh, it's such a magical. Sorry. No, that's such a magical thing. I love I that. You're... So, just brings us to our next question. Brings us to our next question. What What do you consider your first big success? That's a really good question. My first big success was surviving middle school. Amen. Uh, that's like, why I became a theater teacher in middle school, like for middle schoolers, because it's it's rough. I went to three different middle schools because of like bullying and all this shit. And like, you know, you too. I went to three, but we were moving. So every year I was at a new high school or new middle school. Oh, that's so hard. it's so hard because you have to get readjusted and like reestablish yourself. And, you know, I just didn't have the tools back then to really communicate as well as I can now. And like, ultimately I realized that like all those kids didn't have the, you know, tools to communicate. It wasn't me. So, cause I had always communicated. I had always been like, I love this. I love that. This is, you know, this is something that excites me. And, it, you know, school's hard for people. School's really hard. And it was hard for me at a certain time. And, you know, surviving that, any kid surviving that is no big feat. I had been on the, on the stage for a few years by then. But I think that was my first big success was being able to make it out alive from middle school. My, I think that like something that I'm still really, really proud of to this day, like more than anything is I always strive to find, to feel this way about something that I do is when I played Roger Debris and the producers in high school, my senior year, I, when I say that I was good, I'm not saying this in like a, I'm bragging way, but like it was one of those beshert Yiddish word for meant to be moments where I walked on the stage I walked in the room, I walked on the stage and everything clicked. Like everything I knew how to say, I did not question myself. I did not ask people like, do, how do we, what do we think? No, I knew that character and I knew exactly what I wanted to do. And I was, and I, in front of my high school, I showed up in a fierce ass made, made, made for my body dress. Like, you know, in front of, High, uh, high school kids yeah. Yeah. and like I showed up in that dress and just like understanding like that is a sign of protest especially in 2009 you know mm-hmm. Obama had only been in office for a year we had come out of eight years of Bush eight years of Bush right yeah eight years yeah eight years of Bush and I was still like jumping on desks, yelling at kids in my class, being like, no, I, sh- I can get married. And I showed up on stage in this fierce dress, looking amazing and like just nailing it because like, that's what felt right. And I think that that's, that performance is something that I'm really, 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 really proud of to this day. I'm so proud of you. And then there's, there's of course a great story regarding Roger Debris and everything, but 
that's that's a whole other episode. That's There's a whole other episode. A great episode about. Uh, well, it, I'll I'll tell it to you in like thirty seconds. This is the elevator pitch story. Basically, the elevator pitch. Grew up obsessed with Jonathan Freeman, who's the voice of Jafar, because I'm obsessed with Jafar. 2005, I saw him play Roger Debris. I stage doored it. I was 14. He was like, what's your address? And I was like, what? And he sent me a giant Jafar care package and then played Roger, played Roger Debris my senior year with him very much in my mind and inspired. Moved to the city. I became the first photographer to photograph him up close as he prepped for Jafar in Aladdin. And then he was on my Broadway memory and we're friends. We like text each other now, but I grew up like so obsessed with him, but, and now we're friendly. Now we're friends. We're, we're, we're going to go out on a double date when we, um, when we can. Awesome. Emily, take it away. It's my, my turn. Your turn. <laughs> Okay, so you as a multi-hyphenate guru, what is the most common faux pas or question that you are asked? Any advice? Oh yeah, sure. I have like a list of twenty of them. As you <laughs> perfect, as you, as you probably have expected. <laughs> One of my biggest biggest pet peeves is when people come to the studio and then they go, "Great, so like, what do I do?" And I'm just like, Read first of all, I, se- I sent you a packet of like very detailed information, and you should know it. You do. This is your, this is your, this is your business. This is, I'm getting photos that represent who you are in this moment. You should have done all the work is not done in the studio. It's done before. Now we get to celebrate it. That's my philosophy. I can't, I, I don't know you. I can't help you figure out your brand and your persona in front of the camera on the fly like that. It takes months of work. It takes years of work. I can help you if you want to hire me for like, you know, coachings, you know what I mean? But like, and help you do that. But like you show up my door, you better be ready to play. Let's celebrate you. Let's get that. So that's one thing. But in the multi-hyphenate aspect of myself, it's like, aren't you tired? Or like, maybe not even a question. It's when people go like, you should like be careful because like you're going to get burned out. I'm like, yeah, am I? Okay. If I get burned out, then I get burned out. But right now I'm doing A, B, C, and D. I'm so full lit. fire, baby. Lit as hell. <laughs> lit as hell. Yeah. So like, those are the things that annoy me. I'm just like, come prepared. Come ready to work. Come ready to like, do all the work and drop it at the fucking door. Mm-hmm. Like, just be like, yeah, I know this about me and I'm like ready to go. I love that I love so that. much. Thank you. We refer to the packet a lot. Michael Kushner Photography sends this lovely packet to you that you can go over and you truly that you find should go over. You should, yes. Yes. You should absolutely go over and not on the train to his studio. Yeah. No, no, no. Tell us all about your podcasts. Mm. <laughs> Multiple. Yeah. Uh, and when did you get started? What inspired you to do that? And how's it going? Yeah. So I'm obsessed with doing these podcasts because it's like human connection conversations that I like to have with clients or sitting on panels or interviews that have diminished because of COVID and quarantine. So Dear Multi-Hyphenate is a very, very, very professional sort of podcast. It's fun and light and funny, but it's it's really inspiring and informative. So, you know, the book is meant to kind of be a Bible of sorts in, in tandem with that. So it's like the organic conversations happen with the, 
podcast and then the book is meant more of like a like a sort of definitive like these like the podcast the podcast is exploratory and then the book is a little more definitive right yeah so um that's sort of how i'm looking at it like podcast is exploration like active artist exploration about being a multi-infinite and then my broadway memory is a live talk show where my co-host brian and i and two guests come together and we pull a playbill from randomly at out of our collection and talk about the memories associated with that playbill so it's meant to keep broadway alive god i love, love that. that and you can follow multi-hyphenate and my broadway memory through the broadway podcast network mm-hmm. and anywhere you get your podcasts yeah yeah and then uh the dressing room project is the dressing room project on instagram yeah what do you think your unique skill is that helped you become successful? Caring. The one word. <laughs> I like this answer. Yeah, I like <laughs> caring. I'm just, I'm just genuinely interested in humans and I, and I care for people and their emotions and their experiences. And I'm someone that likes to see people become successful because when I'm successful, you're successful, and when you're successful, I'm successful. That's just my school of thought. It's been my school of thought for forever. So I just care about people. Well, we care about you. Thanks I for care caring. about you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Okay. Now we have Patreon questions. We have a single Patreon question that we ask to everyone because it's such a good question. What, and this comes from Noah, one of our patron members. What is the craziest slash worst slash, oh my God, is this really happening right now moment that you've ever had? Okay. That's a lot. Okay. Okay. So the first part of the story is actually the basis for my one-man show, Moo With Me, which is going to be produced off-Broadway next year. I Um, I love the name. I love it so much. Thank you. And I love Idina very much. I've always loved her. So the first time I photographed her, I made it happen. I like forced my way into a performance of hers and like got to photograph her. What? <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh. It's actually crazy. It's a great story. That's why it's a one man play. And the second time, I was on my way to a sound check for 54 Below show. And after 54 Below, the sound check, I was on my way to therapy. And then I would go home and get ready for the show and make my way downtown. I am, I get off the train and I am almost at 54 Below for sound check when I get a call and it's Adina's team going, <gasps> going, can you, can you be at Carnegie Hall at seven and can you photograph her Christmas show tonight? And I was not dressed. I didn't have any equipment. And I was like, I, Michael, you committed to the show first. So I said, I said, I'm so sorry. I can't be there. And I hung up the phone. Uh. I looked around. I was on 55th. I looked around and I was like, why are you here? I was like, if I was like, if Adina's team ever called you for anything, you know that that is one of the reasons why you're here is to work with the people that have inspired you for 
your whole life that have helped you survive through middle school that have, you have to be there. You have to make it work. So I called him back and I said, uh, I'm really sorry. That was a lapse of judgment. I'll be there. I'll be there at seven. Okay. It was like five 30. I called my producers at the 54 below show. And I said, they were friends. And I said, I'm really sorry. I can't be there. I can't, be, I can't perform tonight. What, what, why, why, what do you mean? Adina's team called me and asked me to photograph her, her Christmas show at Carnegie Hall. Oh yeah. I mean like, yeah. And I was like, how can I make it up to you? And they both went, we need new headshots. And I said, done hundred percent. So that was good. I called my therapist and I said, I'm PayPaling you right now. I called my boyfriend Remy and I said, I need you to charge my camera and lay out a, a nice outfit for me. Ubered up, changed, picked up my camera, Ubered back down to Carnegie Hall, photographed the show. And then I went to the opening, to the part, to the after party. Oh my fucking God. <laughs> oh, I'm like freaking out inside and I don't know how to react. To I think, this. I know. I think I'm, my heart's racing for yeah. you. Oh. I can't breathe. <laughs> Oh, that's amazing. That's, that's amazing. Michael. Oh my God. Oh my gosh. Do you know how many stories I have like that though? You're like the most interesting person in the world. It's true. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. That's very sweet. (laughs) Okay. All these stories. (laughs) But we have, we have rapid, rapid fire for you now. Rapid fire. I love rapid fire. You ready for some rapid fire? Okay. You really know a person. Okay. Here we go. Okay. First question. What are your hyphenates? Oh yes, I'm an I'm a performer, photographer, producer, and writer. Yes. Which Disney princess would you be if you could be a Disney princess? I would be Jasmine. Mm. Um, your craziest special skill. My craziest. Craziest. Jafar and Carol Channing impression. Oh, oh my god. <laughs> and I'm gonna hear that after we do. This. You have to answer the next question in one of those impressions. Okay. Word association. A five, six, seven, eight. Show time. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> that was lovely. If you could have any other job in the world, uh, what would it be? Oh, I'd be an engineer at NASA. <laughs> you should come on down to Houston. <laughs> Honestly, we NASA's us down the street. What is your favorite swear word? Corn. I don't remember eating <laughs> corn. No, that's um I'd say I would say um I would say I I like a good old fuck. I love that word. Good old fuck. We're going to keep a tally. I think fuck is winning Fuck's right the, now. It's the winning Fuck's word. Winning. Side, side note, that corn joke is a family joke in my like in my family. We make that joke all the time. I love corn. it. Corn. When did I eat corn? I the, the, the where it started is that someone was next to Carol Channing in a stall and she said that. Hold on. I my, my aunt tells that. that joke like she was in a stall next to somebody who said corn. When did I eat corn? My, my great aunt used to tell that story. She never said anything about Carol Channing. She stole uh, ask, her it. If she sa- ask her if she sounded like Carol Channing. Oh, she's dead now, but... but she's dead now, wait. Uh, <laughs> we might have figured out who she was talking to. Um, <laughs> here is $1 million, and you have to give it to someone or something. Who, what, where would you give it? I would give it to Covenant House, which is where I um, do uh, state Broadway stage and screen sleep out 
um, once a year. I sleep on the street so homeless kids don't have to. We raise money in advance and they just provide amazing resources and shelter for homeless youth. A lot of them happen to be LGBTQ+. And it's an amazing organization that I work very closely with year round. You're going to make me cry. That's amazing. I love you so much. My mother gave all of her proceeds from masks to Covenant House. So that's amazing. I love that. What is your your go-to drink? My go-to drink? There's a um, place by me. Well, it's not my go-to. It's like a special occasion. But I love like a vodka rocks or like a whiskey rocks. But... There is a place by me called the Honeywell, which is like a 1970s themed speakeasy, and um, we'll go there when you're here. I'm obsessed with it. It's like me and Remy's like date night place, and they have something called the Monk Fashion. Ooh! And the Monk Fashion is a cigar smoke infused whiskey mm-hmm. cocktail, and it's like truly to die for. It's amazing. Oh, love you. That smells so good. Okay. And- who do you know that we should interview on Wines and Dolls or have on Wines and Dolls? Oh my gosh. Well, I would say Rachel Sussman. Ooh. Rachel Sussman is a producer here in the city that works very closely in producing projects that serve stories that help others or influence others or do good work. She's extremely proactive in changing people's lives and she's just amazing she was for like three or four years the artistic director of nymph but then she's just doing a million things as well she's incredible and i would say rachel sussman if you wanted a performer i would say like my best buddy max crumb he's like a great he has such a really cool view of the industry because like his introduction to the industry was he won a reality show oh he do you remember the grease reality tv show yes he's the one oh. he won danny and laura osnes won sandy like oh yeah. he has I a really unique perspective of the industry and like so like that's cool and was in disaster on broadway and just emoji land just recently <gasps> we oh, just um, found disaster we did i'm obsessed cause... with disaster I saw it. I, it was actually the first show on Broadway that I did photography work, both backstage and in the audience. I'm obsessed with Disaster, and I loved it very much. I saw it like three times because I loved it. Mm-hmm. I'd say Rachel or Max or Brittany Johnson, who's the first Black <gasps> Linda. Yes! She's amazing. So I'd say Brittany, she has really cool stories. You know, she's the first person to also do Fontaine and Eponine. She's just a beautiful human being. Yeah, she's amazing. So I would say, oh. I would say, um, Brittany, Max, and Rachel. Okay, thank also, you. Shakina Nafak as well, but who? Um, no, Shakina Nafak. She's a trans, multi-hyphenate, founding artistic director of Musical Theater Factory, which I'm a founding member of. With her, she's a performer. She was in Difficult People. She's Lola, the trans waiter, and Difficult People waitress, and. Difficult people. She's uh, she was in the musical finale of Transparent. She's a writer, producer, director, buto master. She's amazing. Awesome, love, love. Thank you. And last question. I think we know this. We part. know this. We know the answer. <laughs> what show do you want to cover the next time you come on Wines and Dolls? Les Misérables. Les Misérables. Yes. Yay. 
And you will. Yes, I can't wait. Those will be drunk tears. Oh my gosh, Michael, thank you so much for joining us today. Oh my gosh, this has been just an absolute joy. Such a treat. You guys are amazing. Thank you for this. And I can't wait to listen and follow more of your work and all that good stuff. Tell the people how they can find you. Yes. Um, Yeah, Matt, at the Michael Kushner on Instagram, at Dear Multi Hyphenate on Instagram, at The Dressing Room Project on Instagram. I'll leave it at that. Yes. At memory, at Broadway memory. Oh, at my Broadway memory on Instagram. Just follow me on Instagram, like on all my accounts and I'll be happy. They're all, they're all linked. Awesome. Awesome. So thank you so much for joining us, Michael. We really appreciate Michael's help and support. We also appreciate the support of our patrons. So if you want to join us on Patreon, you can join us at www.patreon.com slash wines and dolls for prioritized questions on these interviews. We would like to thank our supporters, Noah, Sydney, Brandon, Allison, Mama Hardy, Mama Keen, Mama Lang, and Andy. Yay. Yay. We'd like to also thank our brand new interns for helping us edit all of this down, Graham and Zach. Woo. Yay, interns. If you... Want to follow us on social media? You can find us at Wines and Dolls on all social media platforms. And please press subscribe anywhere you listen to your podcast if you enjoyed this episode to never miss an episode. If you felt like you had a five-star experience, please scroll down to the bottom and leave us a five-star review and write us a little note. We love to, we love to read them. If you felt like you had a four or less star experience, please email us at winesanddolls at gmail.com. <laughs> we'll be happy to delete that. We'll, 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 we'll take your encouragement. We'll take your encouragement. If you have a, if you have anything to say or you need to contact us, please contact us on social media or winesanddolls at gmail.com and submit your listener stories. We had one come out on Monday. We have our next one coming out in a couple of weeks. So submit them either by emailing us at winesanddolls at gmail.com or submitting through our Google form link in bio. And with that, I'm Chelsea. I'm Emily. And I'm Michael. <laughs> and this has been Wines and Ball. Ball. Yes. Ball. Cover your wine hole.